The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Students of history understand that nations come and nations go. Consider ancient Babylon, the empire of Alexander the Great, or the Roman Empire. Even the most powerful and expansive empires ever built by mankind have eventually found their way into the dustbin of history. Today, two powerful nations that seem to be on the same path as failed empires of old are the United States and Great Britain. What is the fundamental cause of the stunning fall of the English-speaking nations that we see unfolding on our nightly news broadcast in the pages of our newspaper? Why do nations decline? Is it a matter of bad public policy? Or do you and I, our families, personally have roles to play? The answer will surprise many. Stay tuned. Greetings to all of our viewers around the world and welcome to Tomorrow's World. We're glad you're here. Before we get into our topic today, let me mention that we'll be offering a special free booklet on today's program that you'll want to request. It's titled The Ten Commandments. Be sure to write down the contact information that we'll be showing on your screen. Now, while many would perhaps rather not admit it, much of the modern world has been crafted by the economic, military, and cultural success of the United States of America and other British-descended nations of the world. As U.S. foreign policy expert Walter Russell Mead said in his insightful 2007 book, God and Gold, Britain, America, and the Making of the Modern World, it is unpardonably vulgar to say so, but in 300 years of warfare, the English-speaking powers keep winning. To put this another way, either the British or the Americans, or both, have been on the winning side of every major war in which they've participated since the late 17th century. That history of victory shapes the world we live in. The Anglo-Saxon powers did not just win wars, they changed the way the world lives, thinks, and organizes itself as much as any of the great civilizations of the past. The United States in particular has been the sole remaining superpower of the Cold War era, a financial juggernaut and a military power the likes of which the world has rarely seen, if ever. But things change. The higher the climb, the farther the fall. In November 2010, the German periodical Der Spiegel published an article titled, A Superpower in Decline, Is the American Dream Over? The lead paragraph stated, America has long been a country of limitless possibility. But the dream has now become a nightmare for many. The U.S. is now realizing just how fragile its success has become and how bitter its reality. While the governments of the United States and the United Kingdom have borrowed and spent money to the point they're now facing a virtual debt apocalypse, their private citizens have done no better. 
constantly borrowing money to maintain lifestyles they can't afford. As Der Spiegel reports, Americans have lived beyond their means for decades. It was a culture long defined by a mantra of entitlement, one that promised opportunities while ignoring the risks. Relentless and seemingly unstoppable upward mobility was the secular religion of the United States. The magazine later notes, total U.S. household debt is now approaching $14 trillion, which is 20 times as much as in the 1970s. Across the Atlantic, the Brits fare no better. According to the BBC, personal debt held by citizens of the United Kingdom was one and one-half trillion British pounds in November 2010. In fact, three years earlier in 2007, the amount of personal consumer debt held by British citizens actually exceeded Britain's entire gross domestic product itself. As the UK's Telegraph reported that year, the scale of Britain's personal debt mountain has come into sharp focus with new research showing a record number of households are facing serious debt repayment problems and that Britons owe more money than the entire economy can generate in a year. Is it possible that the true causes of American and British decline are going completely unaddressed? And is it possible that you or I personally have a role to play, that you can personally take action to prevent the decline of your country? Again, what is the cause of national decline? Many will cite overextension militarily, unwise economics. In fact, the answer you get will vary from politician to politician, depending on which political party he's in and which votes he's courting. In many ways, the virtual empire formed by the union of Anglo-Saxon powers and their global influence and power in the last century is very similar in remarkable ways to another more ancient empire, that of Rome. The Republic of Rome and the empire that grew out of it ruled a large portion of the world for a millennium. Its might was unparalleled in its day. But what is left of it today? Ruins, ruins, and more ruins. From the works of ancient historians and writers such as Tacitus, Seneca, and others, as well as great historians closer to our own time, such as Edward Gibbon. From their writings, we learned that there was a decline that took place within Rome long before the empire fell on the outside. There was a rot that spread on the inside of Rome and that preceded the collapse on the outside. That rot was a powerful decline in national morality and traditional values. Ancient Roman historians such as Tacitus speak of stable families in the past in Rome with traditional roles for husbands and wives, with children being reared and trained by their parents. And that way of life replaced in Rome with a divorce-on-demand lifestyle. In fact, Seneca, the first-century Roman philosopher, declared that, in his opinion, women frequently divorced in order to marry someone else and then seemed to marry only in order to get divorced again. The first-century writer, the poet Marshall, declared marriage in Rome to be the equivalent of legalized adultery. Edward Gibbon, who I mentioned a while ago, whose classic work on the decline and fall of the Roman Empire remains today one of the most highly esteemed histories of Rome, paints a picture of an empire whose leaders became degenerate in character, 
whose military legions brought back corrupting vices from the lands they conquered that adulterated their culture. Symbolizing more than just the effects of economic distress or military overreach, the ruins we see today of ancient Rome may provide silent witness to what happens when a nation loses its very moral foundations and they become corrupted. When the family becomes irrelevant, when sexuality becomes licentious and perverted, and when human life has no more value than the entertainment it can provide. Supporting the bricks, mortar, and money that created the Roman Empire physically was a foundation of integrity, traditional values, and morality. But when the foundation of morality crumbled, the fall of its stone columns and marble buildings was a given. It is the crumbling of character that precedes and assures the destruction of a nation. On this count, where do the once great nations of the United States and Great Britain stand? We'll take a look at that in a moment. But first, let me remind you of the free booklet we're offering today, the Ten Commandments. God's Ten Commandments are powerful and positive keys to living a fulfilling and joyous life. You've probably never thought about these inspiring guides for living like you will after reading this informative booklet. Don't miss out on the information that's already helping thousands to see their lives and families in a whole new light. Like all of our literature, this inspiring booklet is absolutely free. Just call the number you see on your screen or go online to tomorrowsworld.org to request your free copy. Call now. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We had just finished discussing the fact that a nation's decline is generally preceded by a moral decline. Before a nation decays on the outside, it rots from the inside, as was the case with Rome. And my friends, this is vital to understand because the United States and Great Britain and those nations which have descended from her are in a moral freefall. They have forgotten the God who blessed their nations and are turning their backs on his laws. Those laws are embodied concisely and powerfully in the Ten Commandments, discussed in riveting and helpful detail in the free booklet we're offering today. And those laws have real consequences when we break them, consequences that powerfully impact our nations. Let me take a moment and explain something about God's moral laws. Consider this egg. Now, if I were to drop it right here next to me, what would happen? Well, we all know what would happen, don't we? Gravity would cause the egg to fall from my hand 
hit the ground next to where I'm standing and make a mess on the floor. Now, here's the question. What if I don't believe in the law of gravity? What if the egg doesn't believe in the law of gravity? Well, the egg still falls and breaks regardless of whether or not I or the egg believed in the law of gravity. The law of gravity does not care as to whether or not I believe in it. God's laws and his Ten Commandments are exactly the same. Just as God created the law of gravity and the laws of physics and mathematics that work whether we believe in them or not, God created spiritual, moral laws, and those laws are enforced in this world whether we believe in them or not. Nations that obey them are blessed. Nations who disobey them experience the consequences, like the clueless egg hitting an unsympathetic floor. And there are natural consequences for breaking God's laws. It is the increasingly rampant immorality of America and Great Britain that are the true cause of their national declines. They are experiencing the natural consequence for disobeying the moral laws established by their creator. Let's survey just a small sampling of the laws of God that America, Britain, and other English-speaking nations are flaunting in the eyes of that God, and then let's take some time to consider the consequences. God stresses in His Word the importance of family and the marriage bond between husband and wife. In Exodus 20, the fifth commandment reads, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Elsewhere in Leviticus 19, verse 32, we read, You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. The seventh of the Ten Commandments against adultery teaches the same principle expounded by the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 13, verse 4. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. God cares passionately about respectful relationships between generations and about the sacred union of man and woman in marriage. But how do our enlightened nations feel about such things? In our entertainment media, we mock the traditional family structure, and disrespectful attitudes among children are often the source of much merriment and Hollywood hilarity. Children are taught to respect each other, that is, their equally ill-informed and inexperienced peers, more than they are those who are older than they. And as for marriage, a study by the Pew Research Center in Time magazine published in November of 2010 reported that four out of every ten Americans believes that marriage is becoming obsolete, and a majority of Americans think that marriage is an unnecessary element in building a family. Even Time Magazine featured this cover article, Who Needs Marriage? And in a 2003 study by the Barna Group, 60% of Americans approved of couples living together outside of marriage. Even among those who consider themselves Christian, 50% of Protestants and 66% of Catholics approved of living together outside of marriage.
42% even approved of adultery or extramarital sex. But Wallace, you might be thinking, do these things really have any sort of economic impact on our nation's health? Yes, they do. A study of the social costs at the federal and state level made by the Institute for American Values in 2008 came to this shocking conclusion. Based on the study methodology, we estimate that family fragmentation costs U.S. taxpayers at least $112 billion each and every year, or more than $1 trillion each decade. Given the cautious assumptions used throughout this analysis, we can be confident that current high rates of family fragmentation cost taxpayers at least $112 billion per year. A culture that fails to heed the laws God made to support and nurture the family is costing U.S. taxpayers at least $112 billion every year. And that's a conservative figure. To put this in perspective, this means that family breakdown is costing the United States more than the annual cost of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. Breaking God's laws has an impact. And the U.S. is not alone. Parallel studies in other English-speaking nations with smaller economies have shown similar results. Family breakdown costs the U.K. taxpayer almost 37 billion pounds per year. The Canadian taxpayer, almost $7 billion per year. And the New Zealand taxpayer, around $1 billion per year. Remember, God's laws are laws. When you drop the egg, it doesn't make a difference if you or the egg believe in the law of gravity or not. The result is still the same. Bad news for the egg. Let's look at one more. The Tenth Commandment. You shall not covet. Coveting involves the inordinate lusting after the material goods of others. Now, what would be the state of our national and private debt if so many of our citizens were not consumed with desire for the newest cars or bigger homes or vacations, which are all beyond our means but within our credit limits? Jesus Christ teaches us in Luke 12 and verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Yet our consumer-based national economies are founded on the hope that people will ignore this advice, resulting in the culture of permanent debt that we now enjoy. Ultimately, our debt is enslaving our nations. Proverbs 22 and verse 7 teaches us a frightening but vital truth. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. By borrowing such vast sums of money from other nations such as China and Japan, the United States is putting itself into a position of slavery to these other countries and giving away its right to determine its own destiny. Our nations are compromising their values, their morals, and their integrity, and their collapse will only worsen and accelerate until they address their rejection of God. 
There are too many examples like these for us to cover all of them in one program. But in summary, let me refer to a statement by educator Vincent Ruggiero. If we are ever to solve this country's social problems, we must acknowledge the moral bankruptcy of our time and the culpability not only of the parents and teachers, but most of all the media. We must take responsibility for creating an environment that nurtures morality in children and adults. To pretend the Ten Commandments are somehow irrelevant to moral living is a violation of common sense. My friends, he is right. Before we go on, let me give you one more opportunity to request our free booklet today, The Ten Commandments. More than just a set of restrictive rules, the truth is that these commands given directly by a loving creator are positive commands that we can use daily to our own benefit and that of our families. You'll want to understand these principles and to teach them to your children. And this free booklet explains them thoroughly in ways you've likely never even considered. Contact us using the information on your screen and request your free copy of the Ten Commandments. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We've been discussing the role that morality plays in the health of a nation and looking at some examples of the sad state of morality in the United States and Great Britain. As the great empire of ancient Rome rotted from the inside out, so too do our English-speaking civilizations seem to be following suit. Our crumbling family structures, our crushing debt and debilitating levels of unemployment our withering military might, what is really at the heart of the problem? You know, there's a verse in the Psalms that haunts me on this matter. While our politicians debate endlessly about whose monetary policies and taxation plans will turn things around, the words of ancient King David of Israel throw some cold water in my face. They're found in Psalm 11 in verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? While our politicians discuss what color to paint the nation's walls, they seem to ignore the fact that the foundation itself is destroyed. And unless repaired, the house is doomed to collapse. Concerning the Constitution of the United States, established shortly after the birth of the nation, founding father John Adams once said, Our Constitution was made only... For a moral and religious people, it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. 
Indeed, the freedoms inherent in any society, such as America's or Britain's, rely on the moral self-restraint of its citizens. But our nations have turned their collective backs on the God who crafted his laws for their good. The leaders of our nations who should be turning us back to the ways and laws of God are busy arguing over minutia while the foundation holding everything up continues to crumble and he will hold them accountable. As he says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 16 of such men and women, for the leaders of this people cause them to err and those who are led by them are destroyed. But you personally don't have to wait for a senator, congressman, prime minister, or president to tell you to turn to the laws of God. You don't have to wait to begin experiencing the blessings that come from living life the way it was designed to be lived. If you're practicing in sexual sin, indulging in lust in your body or mind, you can repent. You can ask God to forgive you and to help you begin obeying his law. If you're letting yourself be carried away with covetousness and greed, and in a real sense, worshiping things and centering your life on your next purchase, you can repent and turn away from that. You can begin obeying the 10th, 1st, and 2nd commandments. If you want a family that's strong and stable, a source of joy and comfort. God has given us laws that we can act on to help craft the sort of family we've always wanted to have. Success in school, in work, at home. The satisfaction of living with a purpose and in a relationship with the one who created you for a purpose. There's nothing like it. And it can all start with coming to know, understand, and truly love the Ten Commandments that God has given us. Those Ten Commands are deceptively simple, for each one goes far deeper than most are ever aware of, and they lose out on the joy that can be theirs and their families by not fully understanding the wonderful law that God has given us. And they lose out on being a part of the real solution to the problem of our declining nations and the decaying society around us. It isn't too late. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, God says to King Solomon words that are just as true today as they were then. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I hope that you're interested enough in how much better your life and the lives of those you love can be to request the free booklet we want to send you today. And I hope you'll tune in again next week. My colleagues, Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be back to teach you truths from your Bible and about your world and your future that you'll hear nowhere else. We'll see you right here next week. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.